Hi, everyone. This is, I'm gonna move it because there's, we're real close, you know? Okay, so in case we haven't met, my name is Giselle Orvis. Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, this is my first time speaking at Kingdom Life. Which pretty much means <laughs> that you like can't be mean to me about it because this is my first time. So just get ready. Uh, we, one, I'm like really excited. I'm really excited to get to share with you guys something that's like been, it feels like it's been boiling around in my spirit for like two to three months now. So I'm like, uh, it's, it feels really good to have it come out. We're talking about abiding slash activate. That's our series. So tonight I'm talking about abiding uh, with Jesus and the fruit of peace. So peace as a result of abiding in Christ. So obviously I think we have to talk about Jesus. Like that's where we start because we love him and I'm very excited about it. One of his names is Prince of Peace. That verse that we like hear a lot over Christmas and then seems like we don't really hear the rest of the year is like, behold, wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, describing Christ as he comes as a little baby. Um, this last year, this last couple years, obviously, I think we've all felt anxiety kind of like come out of the closet a little bit more. And it's like just rising. A pandemic will do that, I think. Um, so the, I see the last couple years, anxiety has just like been a struggle in my life. About a year and a half ago, I started going to counseling. I love counseling. We'll talk about counseling later. Um, but about a year ago, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, great, I love that you have studied Anxiety. How about you take some time and actually study what the Bible says about peace? And I was like, that feels like a really good idea. <laughs> so I started, and Prince of Peace was where I started um, because we've been talking about abiding, and when you hang out with someone enough, you get to know them. And I was like, how have I not known Jesus as the Prince of Peace and what that means? So I started thinking and studying about Prince of Peace. So I want to apologize because the only analogy I can come up with might relate to half of you. Have any of you seen Princess Diaries? Okay, great, great. I see like whoop whoop and then some people shaking their heads. It's fine. Go watch them, they're great. <laughs> no, just Princess Diaries. <laughs> so. When I think of a queen, I think of Princess Diaries. It's, it's fine. So picture Princess Diaries 2. She becomes queen. Uh, Anne Hathaway becomes queen of Genovia, which we know a lot of queens and kings in this world. I don't know why I can only think of queen of Genovia, but that's it. So Anne Hathaway's title is queen of Genovia. She becomes the queen of Genovia, which means that the streets she walks on and the people she interacts with are Genovia, Genovians. This is her kingdom. So when we talk about Jesus as the Prince of Peace, 
We need to work into our spirits that Jesus, the ground he walks on, the people he rules, is peace. And I think we forget that part of his character. That he walked this entire earth, and since the dawn of time, has not known anything but peace. Because it's his character. Which is great. So wonderful counselor, prince of peace. We talk a lot about his kingdom coming, which like, yes, we are all for. The kingdom is advancing, and it now is. We want to see signs, wonders, miracles. A sign of the kingdom is peace. Which I am really excited about. And I think as Christians, we need to be calling down forth the kingdom and expecting to see peace. As much as we expect to see broken legs healed. Which is exciting. Okay. Okay, so if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, his kingdom that he's establishing on earth is peace. We, through his death and resurrection, are now children of God. We have to build in our spirits an expectation that peace is also our inheritance. If the king is our father and we are living in the land of peace, that means peace is something we encounter, we steward, that's our inheritance. Um, I think I'm like tired of Christians walking around afraid and feeble when we are heirs of peace. So abiding, going back to abiding. Um, if we want to steward peace in our lives, it makes sense that we go to the source. And it makes sense that as we hang out with him in his presence and we read his word, we experience more peace because that's who he is. Um, I have loved the phrase that Nicholas has been using of like, throughout the day, turn your affections towards him. Like just remember that abiding means to turn attention to, to turn your affections towards him. So, if we look at that through the lens of peace, what happens when we turn our affections towards him? What are we expecting to get? I was thinking about my friendships, and if I want to be comforted, if I want to be understood, if I want hard truth sometimes, but mostly just like my hand held and like feel known, I call Sid. Because I know that's her character. I know who she is. I mean, Ryan is so good at that. Ryan is so good. (laughs) Just so we're clear. He's getting offended. (laughs) But he can't. I love going to sit and feeling comforted and known. If I wanted a really good game of rugby, I would go to the KJs or Matt because he's crazy competitive. If I wanted to be really competitive, I would go to Matt. If I wanted someone to make me laugh, I would go to Ryan and someone to make me feel loved. Blah, 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 love, love, love. We love him. So, like, when we want peace, where are we going? Like, are we turning our affections and our attentions towards Jesus and expecting him to fill us with peace? Or are we running to ourselves? Are we trying to control the situation? Or are we turning our affections to Jesus and expecting him to be mad at us? Are we expecting him to make us figure it out on our own? 
Are we expecting him to be like, well, what have you done today about it? Come on. Or are we expecting him to be peace? His presence is peace. So I would love abiding in Christ will produce the fruit of peace. Because not only are we around him, so his presence is peace, but we begin to mimic what we're around. I have started excitedly shrieking since I've become friends with Kristen Dresbeck. (laughs) When something, even when she's not around, if something exciting happens, I'll be like, and I'm like, that is because I have become better friends with her over the past year or two. So as we become better friends with Jesus, we start responding to situations like he would. We start responding to situations full of peace. Which, like, praise God that he rubs off on us. Like, that's how we're designed. Because we need it. Okay. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about John 15. We love it. Love John 15. I would like us to hop back. Same situation, but we're going to look at John 14. Same conversation he's having with his disciples. Um, It says, I have two versions, so we're going to like hop back and forth. So right now I'm reading from the Passion Translation, John 15, 27. He says, I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. So I came across this verse as I'm studying peace. And I start to think about, okay, what is this gift of peace? I don't understand it. He says it's different than the world gives. It's perfect. And I actually started reading this verse through the eyes of shame and not as a child. I would say, like, I'm really anxious right now. I don't know how to connect with the Lord, but I know he's given me peace. So, like, did I lose it? Like, did I break it? Did I misplace it? Like, he gave me this gift. I don't know where it is. And whenever we, like, do that, shame never lets us see solutions. It only defines. So once I, like, took the lens off of shame and I put it on the shelf, I felt like the Holy Spirit said that his peace is different than I've experienced living in this world. So what is the peace that the world gives? When I look in my life, I think that I find peace like the world gives as I control everything. And as soon as I know what's going on and I protect myself, then I can be fine. Like if I lock my door and close my windows, then no one can break into my house and I can sleep. Or if I'm six feet from you, I won't catch COVID, so I'll be fine. But like, the problem with that piece is you start to say as you're lying in bed at night, but what if they have a hammer and they break my window? Or like, what if they're really strong and they kick down my door? And then my piece is gone because I can't control that. I can't stop the selling of hammers. I can't like, (laughs) 
make, I can't buy those really expensive like aquarium glasses that can't be broken. And now I have no peace. I know, I love it. So, <laughs> so what is his peace? It is a gift and it is completely dependent on him and who he is and his blood and I have nothing to do with it. Like my peace is the fact that Jesus restored right relationship between me and the father and I have nothing to worry about because he always takes care of me. Right? So good. That's exciting. And something I think we need to realize is this peace that Jesus gives, it's not passive. That's one of my catchphrases right now, is like peace is not passive. Um, we've been singing this song, Gospel of Peace. It came, like I wrote it, caming out of this season from what I've been studying that was like birthed out of this message. So that's exciting. Um, because I used to believe that peace was weak and it could be broken and I could lose it really easily. Like I pictured peace as a hippie in a field just singing on their guitar. And that's not peace at all. And that's not the way the Bible defines peace, which, is, which blew my mind. Um, all right, I'm getting distracted. Okay, so peace was nothing how I thought it was. I thought that peace was dependent on me. I started to believe that if I was anxious, then I did something wrong. Like, I, I did something wrong. I disobeyed God somehow. His grace has lifted from me. I can't find his peace. I don't know where it is. I have to retrace my steps and do everything well and pray harder and then peace will come. Like I didn't know how to cultivate peace in my life. So we've talked about cultivating peace by abiding with Christ. But also I wanna start talking about peace as something that he's taught us how to cultivate. So if like we are more like him, how has he cultivated peace in his heart and can we do the same? This is confusing, but we're gonna, it's gonna make more sense as I go on, I think. Okay, peace is not passive, it is fitted for battle. When the Bible talks about peace, it actually talks about a part of an armor. And if peace was weak, just sitting in a field of flowers by itself and it can't be touched by anything, why would it be part of the armor of God getting ready to walk into battle? So when I started studying peace, let me just read to you some of the verses I came uh, like across. Philippians 4.7 says, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So instead of thinking about peace as something that I had to protect and I can't ever have an anxious thought or else my peace will be broken and I have to have all of my ducks in a row or else suddenly my peace will fly out the window or it will be taken from me, I began studying the peace of God as something that protected me in my heart. Like the peace of God is walking the boundary lines of my life saying like, no, 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 that's not gonna happen. 
like, oh, we're not going to think about that because that's not peace. Thank you. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that Jesus has ever done that is passive or passive aggressive. He speaks it like it is. So if he says peace is going to guard our hearts and minds, I trust the peace of God to guard my hearts and mind instead of myself. Because I think the, as the more I've studied anxiety, the more I freak out about this thought that I just had, the more I freak out that my brain is having anxious thoughts, the actually more anxious that I get. So instead of saying like, okay, instead of doing that, what I've started to do is saying like, okay, I have an anxious thought. I'm actually going to trust the peace of God to guard my heart and my mind instead of me. Because I can't do it very well. Because his peace is about him and not about me. So it guards our heart, or yeah, it guards our hearts and our minds. And then another one is... Yeah, Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ, his peace, rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called by one body. Have you ever met a ruler that is weak or feeble or can't get taken over? Have you ever met a ruler that is passive? Rulers and kingdoms have armies to protect. So if the peace is in charge of ruling, it is in charge of protecting my heart and my mind. Okay, enough of that. Let us go to Philippians 4, verse 6 through 9. If you would like to turn there, do that now. Okay. I'm finding it in both of mine. All right, so from the NIV, Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Oh, I started a little sooner. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds forever in Christ Jesus. Okay, I'm going to pause there for now. Pastor Giselle read this verse, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, make your requests known to God, through the lens of shame. So as soon as I had an anxious thought, I was like, I am not praying enough. Um, I just got to start praying about something. I am like freaking out, so I just have to pray about something. And I am obviously not doing enough because I'm anxious. And I don't think that that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us. Obviously. Um, so as we set shame aside, we're going to look for opportunities. I told you that a year and a half ago, I started seeing a counselor. We love him. He is a Christian, so it's helpful to talk these things out with him. But when Ryan and I moved into our apartment, I think a lot of you know this, but not all of you do. We found out that we had a mice problem, or a mouse problem. There are multiple mice, I think. And the minute we moved in after our honeymoon, actually like mid-honeymoon, I will kid you not, 70 little mice droppings all over my things. And I'm like a newlywed, I've never done this before, marriage is new, and also there's mice poop everywhere. 
And I was like, oh, this is not okay. Um, and I did not grow up in the Midwest, so I have like never even really seen a mouse in real life. <laughs> like, I like understood cockroaches and could deal with that, but I like couldn't deal with mice. And I know it doesn't make sense. I don't care if they're cute. I don't think they're cute. I think they're gross. And they come out of nowhere. Um, anyway, so in case you haven't noticed already, I have an irrational fear of mice. It's fine. Um, and the next morning after we like moved into our apartment, we saw one. And I just freaked out. I couldn't do it. So we go on our honeymoon, we finish it, and then we get home, and I like cannot sleep. I'm go I, like taking me and two hours to fall asleep at night because I can't stop thinking about this little mouse. And I'm talking to my counselor about it, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's just my life. And he was like, Giselle, listen, what is, when you're lying in bed at night and you can't fall asleep, what is the worst case scenario that you are imagining? Like, just say it, just tell me it. No judgment. And I was like, okay, buckle up. <laughs> Literally, I think, what if this mouse crawls onto my bed, scurries all over me, and then ends up in my mouth somehow? <laughs> and like, that is the worst case scenario. <laughs> and yeah, it's true, it's true. It happened. It, it hasn't happened, but it's, the thought happened. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> The thought happened. <laughs> um, okay, this side note, side note. This is not an invitation for you to tell me your terror stories about mice. If this has happened to you, or if that has happened to one of your friends, I do not care. I do not want to know about it. <laughs> do not come up to tell me about it. That is not helpful. <sighs> so I say that to my counselor, and as soon as it leaves my mouth, I start laughing. Because I'm like, I had not told anyone that I pictured this mouth crawling into my mouth. I have not told a single soul, not even Ryan. And he was like, okay, all right. I was like, yep, there it is. And he was like, well, how does that make you feel saying that? And I was like, like, that's not gonna happen. Like the, like the probability of that happening is like a 0.0001% and I know that. Um, and what I realized was that like, helped my anxiety, because I was like, that's not gonna happen. Fun fact, while we talk about the verse in Isaiah 9, wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace. So as I start studying peace, I was not shocked to realize that this advice my counselor gave me, because counselor is one of the names of God, is the similar advice that he actually gives us in the Bible. He says, be anxious for nothing, but with faith, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The um, Passion Translation uses the word, tell him every detail about your life. Then God's wonderful peace that presents, transcends understanding will be with you. And it's like, okay. So he just wants to know what I'm anxious about. He doesn't actually want me to pray harder and longer about random things. He's actually telling me that one of the recipes to decrease anxiety and increase peace in your life is talking to him. 
So I am a very practical person. I like rules and I like recipes. I cook pretty much always with a recipe. And I know God's not a God of equations, but he is a God of promises. And right here we have a promise. So practically, picture into my life what this looks like is I say, as I'm driving and I get an anxious thought, I say, hey, hey God, I think that I'm worried about like what if Ryan gets in an accident on his way home? Okay, cool. And I tell him about it. Or like, hey God, I'm worried about what if I lose my job out of nowhere? Okay, thanks. And I turn my affections towards the Prince of Peace. I tell him every detail about my life and I listen to see what he does. I watch what happens because who he is, just like who Sid is, he will respond in like with peace. And we love it. Okay, I'm gonna keep reading this chapter because it's really fun. Speaking of recipes. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned from me or received or heard from me or seen in me, put that into the practice and God of peace will be with you. And my little rules brain that I love was like, oh, ding, 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 another recipe. Prior to this study, I looked at this verse as only a checklist or like a filter for like if my thoughts were pure. So like, oh, I had an anxious thought. Um, that's not pure, lovely, or righteous, or praiseworthy. I can't think that anymore. Like that's not, I can't think about that because the Bible says not to. Okay, that's not helpful. That's not building. I started using this verse not as a filter, but actually as a recipe. Fun fact, this is a little activation for you. It's really practical, it's really fun. I think you should try it out. Um, and I wanna try it out right now. It's gonna be really fun. When I have become anxious, and I want to turn my affection towards Jesus, and I wanna cultivate peace in my heart and mind, I have started playing this little game called the Thoughts Game. And I go through, me and Ryan do this in our house a lot, actually. We go through this category, and we list two things in each category. If we're really anxious, we do three. So I want to do this where you guys just shout things out. So I'm going to say, whatever is lovely, and you name two things that are lovely. What I love about this and what I love about God is that he never said... Only think about Jesus if you want peace. He says whatever is lovely or whatever is true. So usually when I do this exercise by myself, it honestly sounds like this. Whatever is true. Puppies are really cute. <laughs> and then it gets to like, whatever is admirable. The fact that I cleaned my kitchen today. So it's like anything. Okay. Do not be anxious about anything, blah, blah, blah. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. Anyone have any truth? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just kidding. 
She said I'm beautiful for the people on the recording. <laughs> anyway. All right, one more. Sid has purple hair, it's true. Okay, whatever is noble. Yeah, this one's harder. My husband is noble. I like him. Motherhood is noble if you've met or talked to a mom that is very noble. Whatever is right. You can get that. It's true. Um, I like to say two plus two equals four. Like, that's right. Any others? Stop sign? You should stop at a stop sign. That's right. Ugh. Convicted. Just kidding. Um, whatever is lovely. Flowers are so lovely. What? Sunsets are so lovely. Whatever is admirable. Your baby is so admirable. It's true. One more. Parents. Parents are admirable. We love what they do. Anything that is excellent or praiseworthy. Usually I lump these two in because I get tired by this point. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's true. Um, sleep is excellent and praiseworthy. I'm just kidding. Um, I always also say at this point, Ryan's guitar playing skills. Excellent. It's true. Yeah, did any of you notice a shift in the room as we go through this list? You're like, oh, yeah. And it's, it's, so, it's such a beautiful promise from God as we set our hearts and minds towards things that are lovely, true, and excellent, that his peace comes and his presence comes. And we, like, never mentioned Jesus. I don't think one person was like, Jesus dying on the cross for my sins, which is so true and beautiful. So I just want to encourage you guys throughout the week, if, you, if a pop-up anxiety thought comes, try going through this list. Try this exercise. Um, try this exercise and try being open and vulnerable with the Father and telling him. Because the thing is, if you're going to rely on the peace this world gives, where you have to control everything, you, what you're actually doing to the Father is hiding your problem and anxiety from him because you feel like you have to control it and fix it instead of trusting on the peace that he gives and saying, you've said that if I tell you everything about my life, then you will help me? So this is what I'm anxious about. Because then you're like this. And as I was praying, preparing for tonight, something that the father said was really simple. He was like, I just want my kids to know that they can come to me. Like, they don't have to clean their spill up. They can come to me. So I want to ask the worship team to come up because we're wrapping up. And...
Um, yeah, I, they're going to play a little instrumental and I want to give you all the space to do one of two things. One, present um, in every situation with prayer and thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So while they start to pray, present to him what you're worried about. Like no hidden agenda, state it like a simple fact and hear what he says. Just listen for his response because he will respond. Invite him into the situation. And if some of you are like, there's nothing I'm like really anxious about right now. Love that for you. <laughs> Great. Um, I want you to, with the Holy Spirit, go through that list of whatever is lovely and right. Um, I'm convinced that everything the Father does is for his glory and to bring us closer to him. So when we operate out of this, whenever I'm anxious, I'm just going to tell you about it. And I'm going to trust the peace that you give that surpasses all understanding to guard me and take care of me. What we're doing is not hiding anything from him and operating in vulnerability and intimacy, which he gets so excited about. Like he just wants his kids to know that they can come to the, him. Yeah. Okay, so I'll open up in prayer and then we'll let the band do what they do. Yeah, Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you've made us. Thank you for your wisdom found in the word. Thank you that you are excited to hear what we tell you. Whether that is, oh my goodness, God, you're so amazing. Or, hey, I think that I'm stressing out about my test I have tomorrow. Or about all the work I need to get done in my house. Yeah. So, Father, over the next couple minutes, we're just going to tell you every detail of our lives. And we're going to hold nothing back. And we just invite you to father us well and be the Prince of Peace and respond in your character because it's who you are. <laughs>